Welcome to Grace and Glory Audio, featuring Pastor P.G. Matthew, Bible teacher and pastor of Grace Valley Christian Center, located in Davis, California. Today, Pastor Matthew continues in the Bible series in the Book of Romans with part one of this message entitled, Covenant Love Endures. If you have your Bible with you, please turn to Romans chapter 11, verse 1. Now, here's our teacher, Pastor P.G. Matthew. Heavenly Father, we pray that you open our eyes by the Holy Spirit. We need wisdom, we need understanding. And therefore, O God, pour out your Spirit, that the eyes of our understanding being enlightened, that we may know from the Scriptures your will for us. And when we know your will for us, help us to do your will. That we may be a blessed people. In Jesus' name, amen. So today I continue preaching from Romans. I want to speak to you about two points, that's all. Election and reprobation. And it is my prayer that you belong to election. Election means covenant love. Election means grace. Election means salvation. Reprobation is the opposite of it. And it is my prayer that not even one belongs to reprobation. Now let's look at this text. Romans 11, 1 through 10. Covenant love, or election, as I said, covenant love of God, which endures forever. We read in Psalm 118, it is better to trust in the Lord than to trust in man. It is better to trust in the Lord than to trust in princes. Friends, man lies. Man fails to keep his covenant. Man divorces. God hates divorces. Therefore he will never divorce us. Romans 9 spoke of God's sovereignty. In this matter of our salvation. God saves whom God has chosen from eternity. Romans 10 spoke of human responsibility. Man must believe the gospel in order to be saved. Divine sovereignty and human responsibility. Both are true. Both truths are taught in the Bible. Divine election and divine reprobation. Both are true and taught in the Bible. We do not try to reconcile these truths. There is an appearance of contradiction. It is a mystery to our finite mind, yet in God there is no contradiction. It is called an antinomy. Try to reconcile Trinity, one God existing in three persons. Both are true. So chapter 11 asks the question in the light of the unbelief of the nation Israel to the gospel preached to them. 
This is the question. Did God reject his people? Did God cast away his own people whom he has foreknown? That is whom he has loved and therefore chosen from all eternity. And so the question is, what about God's eternal purpose? What about his covenant? What about his agreement? Romans 8, we read, beginning with verse 28, And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. God has a purpose. Chapter 9 of Romans verse 11. Yet before the twins were born or had done anything good or bad. In order that God's purpose in election might stand. God has a purpose. Ephesians 1.11. In him we were also chosen having been predestinated according to the plan of who works everything in conformity with the purpose of his will. God is not doing things out of an emotion on the fly. God has a purpose and he works it out. Through history he works out his purpose. All of his purpose. In spite of your stubbornness and rebellion. In spite of the devil and demons. In spite of the enmity of the world. He performs his purpose. The question then is. Has God abandoned his plan and purpose? If he did it. How can we then trust God and his gospel? The truth friends is this. Human sin. Your sin. Never prevents God from saving you. And making you a holy people. Who sparkle in heavenly glory. That's his purpose. God justifies the ungodly. God's proximate purpose is to save a certain number of sinners. And his ultimate purpose is his own glory. Has God rejected his people whom he loved for from eternity? Absolutely not. God can be trusted. God who hates divorce will never divorce his people. God is unchangeable. He never violates his covenant. He fulfills every promise. This is the basis for our prayer. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today and forever. Divine foreknowledge. That is divine foreloving and rejection are opposites. In Amos chapter 3 verse 2 we read you only have I chosen of all the families of the earth and you are reading the book of Deuteronomy it tells you that. Thousands of thousands of people in the world tribes nations 
God chose Israel. In Romans 8 verse 29 it says this. For those God foreknew he also predestined to be conformed to the likeness of his son. Or First Peter 1, 2, who have been chosen according to the foreknowledge of the Father through the sanctifying work of the Spirit for the obedience to Jesus Christ and sprinkling by his blood. God saves those whom he has chosen in spite of their stubbornness and rebellion and wickedness and sin. Count on it, friends. Rely on it, saints of God, on God's covenant and God's election. God will never reject us. Man may, not God, not ever. So Paul says in 11.2, in the indicative, God has not rejected his people. Especially the four loved Jewish people. They are God's people. They also are Paul's people. Whose salvation he was always concerned about. Samuel says to Israel who committed wickedness. You have done all this evil yet do not turn away from the Lord. But serve the Lord with all your heart. For the sake of his great name, the Lord will not reject his people. Because the Lord was pleased to make you his own. Psalm 94 verse 14. For the Lord will not reject his people. He will never forsake his inheritance. Deuteronomy 31 verse 6. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Jeremiah 31, 37. This is what the Lord says. Only if the heavens above can be measured. And the foundations of the earth below be searched out. Will I reject all the descendants of Israel. Because of all they have done. Declares the Lord. That means he will never reject. Man says I love you in one moment. Generally for a one night stand. Don't believe it. What he says. And you'll be destroyed. If you believe what man says. Man says I love you in one moment. In another moment he says I hate you. Man's love is like the morning mist. It disappears quickly. But God can be trusted. He alone can be trusted. My question to you. Have you trusted him and him alone? St. Paul says. If we are faithless. He remains faithful. For he cannot deny himself. Now Paul finally offered several proofs. To show. That God has not rejected his people. The Jewish people of his special love and favor. Five proofs. First is personal proof. He says look at me. I'm a full-blooded Jew. Says Paul. 
I am an Israelite, a covenant name God gave to Jacob. I am of the seed of Abraham who believed God and became the friend of God and the father of all believers. I am of the tribe of Benjamin who alone was born in the land of Canaan. Jerusalem was in his territory. Benjamin stayed with Judah. From Benjamin came the first king. Yes. I was a persecutor of Christianity. He says, even though I was a blasphemer and a persecutor and a violent man, I was shown mercy because I acted in ignorance and unbelief. He elsewhere says, for you have heard of my previous way of life in Judaism, how intensely I persecuted the church of God and tried to destroy it. I was advancing in Judaism beyond many Jews and so on. Try to destroy it. That's what I said, friends. If God elected you to salvation, he will save you in spite of your sins. He says, look at me, my own salvation proves that God has not rejected his people. I am a full-blooded Jewish Christian. Jesus Christ saved me. Proof number two, theological proof, based on the word foreknown. Has God rejected his people whom he has foreknown? That means foreloved. He is saying, how can God reject the people whom he purposed to save? Whom he loved from all eternity to save? Whom he chose from all eternity to save? God saves his elect Jew and Gentile. The elect God will never reject. That's a, a small sentence you can memorize. The elect God will never reject. Let God be true and all men liars. God is not a man that he should violate his covenant of love. Number three is a biblical proof. He says, let us look at the time of the great apostasy in Israel during the time of wicked Jezebel and Ahab. Jezebel was killing God's prophets. Baalism was flourishing. She was destroying God's altars and killing confessing saints. Baalism practiced sacramental sexual perversion to induce Baal to send rain for a bumper crop and harvest. Sexual immorality was to influence Baal to send rain for a bumper harvest. Baalism, friends, exist today. People want to make more money to engage in a hedonistic lifestyle. Numbing their conscience. The great prophet Elijah opposed Baalism. Prophets of Baal and Asherah, 850 of them, failed to influence Baal to send even one drop of rain. Let me tell you, Baalism thrives today because Baalism rejects 
moral law of God, the Ten Commandments. Baalism is antinomianism. You love Baalism because you can do what you please. That is American dominant religion is Baalism. That is the religion of the Western world especially. We hate the Ten Commandments. Elijah's God proved himself to be the true God. He sent rain after he sent fire which consumed the sacrifice. False prophets were killed. Then Jezebel threatened the death of Elijah in 24 hours. He was afraid. He was depressed. He ran to Horeb. God spoke with him. What did Elijah say? I'm the only one left. And they are trying to kill me. Elijah, friends, was depressed because he did not have all the facts. He was depressed because he was not seeing God who sent fire, who sent rain, who killed the prophets of Baal. He was like Peter in Matthew 14. Peter was walking on water. Then he looked at the waves. He failed to see Jesus Unbelief in God and in his word is the cause of all Christian pessimism and depression. Genesis 4, 7 and Psalm 73, you read it. Elijah, you are wrong. You are not the only one left. I have reserved for myself that is to worship and serve me 7,000 men. And each one representing number of others. Maybe 50,000 people. Elijah, your problem is you don't have all the facts from the scriptures. Look at God. Then your face will be lifted up. You see a God who forgives your sins. Who loves you. Who is faithful. Psalm 136 says... So many times that it is boring if you are not spiritual. His love, what sir? Endures forever. How can you look at the face of God in the Holy Scriptures and be depressed? And be miserable? And complain? And argue? Believe God and you will become an eternal optimist. I didn't say positive thinking of Robert Schuller and everybody else. I said believe God and you will be an eternal optimist. I have reserved for myself 7,000 men who never surrendered to Baal. You are not the only one Elijah. I have saved 7,000 more. They submit to me. They are mine. Christians don't be ignorant. Of the word of God. Don't judge by appearance. There is the Bible proof. God has not rejected his people. He does not save everyone. He saves his elect. There is always a remnant. Who are saved by God. Who worship God. And serve God. Who oppose Baalism. Who function as light in the world. In every era of redemptive history. 
The Bible is written that we may read it and trust to God and be happy. Paul says in Romans 15 verse 4, For everything that was written in the past was written to teach us so that through endurance and the encouragement of the scriptures we may have hope. And he says all scripture is God breathed, is useful for counsel. You want to get counsel from psychologists, psychiatrists, your doctor? He cannot counsel you, sir. Counsel is the word of God. It is your pastor who can counsel you. Not some person out there with a degree hanging on the wall. He can only destroy you and damn you. It is the word of God. That is the word of God that is useful, profitable for what, sir? Counsel, rebuke, correction, and what? Training in righteousness. Number four. Contemporary proof. And he says in verse five. So too at the present time. There is a remnant. Cateclogain caritos. What does that mean? According to the election of grace. What is it sir? According to the election based on grace. There are so many scriptures. Second Timothy 1.9 Who has saved us and called us to a holy life not because of anything we have done but because of his own purpose and grace. Ephesians 1 verse 4 For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. This election by God is from eternity. God chooses some sinners, I say sinners, to salvation. Based on grace, that is God's unmerited favor, not based on human works. This election is not conditional upon human goodness. It is therefore called, what's her, unconditional election. The rest he passes by, the rest of sinners. He does not choose to save the rest of sinners. The rest face judgment based on their works. Salvation is based on election. The grace of God alone. The elect are the minority, the remnant. The non-elect are the majority who go on the broad way to eternal destruction. And you have your kid in your house who is going on the broad way. Oh, he's hell happy, sir. It's all happy. Pleasures of sin for a season. He's all happy, sir. And you speak to him about the gospel, he's dead. So Paul says there is now a remnant according to the election of grace. He was speaking about the New Testament church. The book of Acts tells us there were 3,000 saved in Acts 2 when Peter preached the first sermon. And then it grew to 5,000. The Lord added daily such as should be saved. In the early days of the church, the church consisted of only Jewish Christians. Then it grew and grew and grew. And we come to Acts chapter 21 verse 20. And there we read... When they heard this, they praised God. Then they said to Paul, you see, brother, now, brother, how many 
thousands of Jews have believed. What is Paul saying? God has not rejected his people. The truth is that God has not rejected his people whom he has foreknown. Every elect will be saved. Election will be saved means election speaks of God's initiative. Only the elect of God will be saved and all the elect of God will be saved of Jews and Gentiles. Why do you think you are saved? God chose you. Salvation from beginning to end is of grace. It is never based on human works. So Paul says in Ephesians 2, For it is by grace you've been saved through faith, and this not from yourselves, it is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. Philippians 1.6 says, Being confident of this, he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. And he says in Philippians 2, Therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation. With what, sir? With arguing and complaining. Is that what it is? With fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you, both to will and to do his good pleasure. Yes, God justifies the ungodly to make them godly. The saved will produce good fruits of good works, but good works are God's works. For which we cannot take credit. We are saved that God be praised forever. Let me ask you a question. Has God reserved you for himself to worship and serve him alone? Have you surrendered body and soul to Jesus Christ? If not, you are not elect. You must fear and tremble. The Bible says, make your calling and election what? Sure. Not your wife's calling and election. Not your husband's calling and election. Forget about that. Make your calling and election sure you are about to die. Be saved today. Ask the question, do you love God and keep his commandments? That is the test. The obedience of faith. That's how you make sure you are saved. An antinomian and a Baal worshipper is not an elect. If you want to know how to find out whether you are saved or not, read my book. Then normal church life. Number five, the eschatological proof. That is God has a plan for the Jewish people in the end. St. Paul teaches in Romans 11, 11 through 32, that God has great eschatological end time plan for the salvation of the Jewish nation. God has a plan to save the vast majority of Jewish people sometime in the future. Now the norm is minority, a remnant. Then it will be the majority of Jewish people. 
Yes, he came to his own and his own crucified him. In the future, the Jews as a nation will receive their Messiah. So we read in Zechariah 12 verse 10, And I will pour out on the house of David and the inhabitants of Jerusalem a spirit of grace and supplication. They will look on me, the one they have pierced, and they will mourn for him as one mourns for an only child. On that day a fountain will be opened to bless the house of David. And the inhabitants of Jerusalem to cleanse them from their sin and impurity. What was the question, sir? Has God rejected the people whom he has foreknown? Five proofs saying what? No. No. In fact, their golden age is still in the future. Friends, God's covenant love endures. God has not rejected his people whom he has loved and chosen from eternity. Man divorces, man breaks his covenant. Man agrees and then he disagrees. Man forgets what he just said five minutes before. Do not trust in man, do not trust in princes, trust in God who alone keeps his holy covenant with us. He will never leave you nor forsake you. How can he? He loved us and gave himself for us when he died on the cross. He will keep you from falling to present you before his glorious presence without fault and with great. We are his elect, we are his chosen. We are his beloved. We are the people of his grace. St. Paul, friends, gloried in this word, charis, grace. And it appears 128 times in the New Testament. 81 times St. Paul uses it. 63% of the time... St. Paul uses it because he reveled in it. God showed grace to this murderer, this blasphemer, this chief of sinners. So he revels in God's grace. What about us, friends? Friends, let's rejoice in this grace, unmerited favor. Because we are told... In 11 verse 7, the Jews who sought salvation on the basis of their works, what they sought they did not obtain. They refused to believe the gospel. They refused to submit to the righteousness of God which came through Jesus Christ. But the elect did. Friends, what's the conclusion? Israel who worked hard to obtain salvation failed because... They refused to believe and and receive the free gift. They, like the Pharisee, wanted to earn it. You see, the Pharisee refused to understand that man is not well. Man is not just sick. Man is what? Dead! And man cannot save himself. God raises up the dead. And saves him. 
But the election obtained salvation by grace. We have been saved through faith. The rest were hard and friends. It is true. God never abandons the people who he has chosen. He will save them. And he will present them before God in glorious radiation with great joy. God is glorious and he makes us glorious. Ask the question, am I an elect or what? A reprobate. And may God's Holy Spirit work in your heart and mind to ensure that you are saved. And you are saved today when you are alive. When you are breathing, when you are able to think, when you are able to understand, may God grant you humility that you may call upon the name of the Lord. I say everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. The graciousness of Jesus Christ, it is he who says, come unto me. He knows who you are. Burdened and heavy laden, miserable and wretched. But he said, fine, your sin cannot prevent me from saving you. Come unto me. I will give you rest. Everyone who thirsts, come and drink. Heavenly Father, we pray that you help us to believe in your Son and be saved. In Jesus' name, amen. You have been listening to Grace and Glory Audio a part one of this message entitled Covenant Love Endures. Come back soon for more transforming Bible teaching from Pastor P.G. Matthew.